The Raw Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast, powered by ASICS. I'm Brett McKay. The international season has arrived properly in the Southern Hemisphere, and that may or may not be good news for Australia and Argentina based on the weekend's results. And your place for the biggest and best international rugby discussion is theraw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. Loved having Jared Wright on the pod last week, gave us such great insights in the lead up to the opening matches of the rugby championship. And equally, it was wonderful to have Rian Lowe joining us on the instant reaction after the box and wallabies in Pretoria. And the net effect is a massive week of numbers and a lot of green arrows on the rugby charts around the world. And we thank you, as always, uh, from wherever you're listening. It's just uh, great to have the response that we, that we do get. Joining me this and every week, from the noted winter wonderland of Johannesburg, Harry Jones. Hello, mate. How are you? How's it? How's it? There's uh, a one centimetre of snow on the ground. It's about the same amount of Aussie attack for the Wallabies this weekend. <laughs> I've, uh, obviously, I've, that's, I've that's, descended. That's unnecessarily harsh in the introduction <laughs> part of the podcast. I You'll fled, have your I fled time for that. Yeah, I fled Pretoria, which was an ocean of bruised meat and contrabrand brandy and uh, <laughs> just green-blooded dark intentions. Yeah. And now I'm in this cosmopolitan Johannesburg, which is just all happy and about the snow and the wind. And I've just seen pictures of Ellis Park, and it looks like, like a northern English football stadium in December. It's just covered in snow. Yeah, it's amazing because the actual match itself was – just perfect rugby weather you know it was about yeah. I don't know, 16 degrees and not a little tiny breeze which died down and full sun i did get asked at the ground and i, I put this on my article coming up is i got asked if i was a communist merely because I, because <laughs> my afrikaans pronunciation was not perfect uh. about whether i was older or younger than someone else and boom <laughs> Are you a communist? Oats the eerste is the Engels that he went to. Are you a commie? And I was like, whoa, okay. He jumped there. <laughs> Did not see that coming. Now, uh, <laughs> two points for you, mate. Um, we're back in Luxembourg. We're back in their top five as of the weekend. So it's great to have you back, Luxembourgians. Um, and just on Jared, his rugby bits colleague and friend of the pod, Tala Msutu, has done an absolutely fantastic forensic breakdown of the game at Loftus, all in a big, long Twitter thread. So um, if you haven't seen it, mate, and if anyone listening can find the time to get through it, it is really, really worthwhile doing it. Just the the detail he's gone to about little things that you might not have seen during the game, it's absolutely worth checking out. Now, powered by ASICS, as mentioned last week, the Raw is very pleased to announce and to confirm our wonderful partnership with ASICS, the official performance apparel and footwear supplier for the Wallabies and headlined by the brand new and outstanding Rugby World Cup playing jersey that's now available to purchase in-store and online at asics.com.au. And as part of this exciting partnership, the site has launched our quest to name the Raw's greatest ever Wallabies Rugby World Cup 15, where from a list of more than 150 players to have put on a Wallabies jersey at a Rugby World Cup, Jim Tucker, Christy Doran and myself have recorded a special podcast in which we narrowed down that long field to a short list of five options in every position, one to 15. Your job is to head over to theraw.com.au and make your selection. 
in each position. Um, you can find the shortlisting pod, Harry, wherever you get your podcast, and it will culminate in the naming of the Raw's greatest ever Wallabies Rugby World Cup 15, powered by ASICs in the days leading up to the tournament. Um, interesting discussions about this already, I can see on the site. Yeah, yeah. And the best thing about the Wallabies this weekend was the Essex jersey. It was yeah. absolutely brilliant in the sun. The contrast yeah. between the, the gold and, and the green was classic. The two, it was the great. two teams it was came great. out and it just looked like this is going to be a proper test yeah. match. Yeah, and in a classic case of other brands of jerseys that are available, the, the new box jersey looks amazing as we discussed last I'm week. I'm going shopping right after this, Brett. I've got your name. Um, I've got you. Yeah. Probably just the large, I reckon, mate. That'd be great. Um, heroes and zeros, mate. I'm going to lead off with a couple of heroes for you, and you'll like this. The two Sapphire 737 pilots for keeping two sizable machines so close and in sync for the flyovers of Loftus. That was so good to see. But you tell me on in the instant reaction, there was the second one. We didn't see that on TV. Yeah, yeah, there was a second flyover. There was a flyover um, during, like, during anthems, sort of, and then right before the match, like, right when they were going to kick off, uh, Ben O'Keefe had to stop and say, uh, wait, I think we have some oh. flyover. <laughs> <laughs> so they just did a loop and came back. Oh, I love it. Oh, fantastic. So. Fantastic. Yeah. Zeros. Is it the 2737 pilots for coming back? <laughs> <laughs> My so my zeros are going to be a little so the it's, it's about the Australian appraisal. You never know what your property is worth until you have an yep. appraisal. So if yep. if some of the selections and some of the plans are the Wallabies were just about getting an appraisal, more power to them. But I don't think though. I think that there were some situational awareness problems on defence. I think there was a strange selection. If you're yeah. gonna if you're gonna seed possession and you're gonna play a ruck ball and you're gonna be strong in the ruck and you're gonna line up in defence and you're gonna try to monster somebody and smash and grab. What happens if you get smashed? If you get smashed, yeah. then there's no grab. You can't and grab anything. Tom Hooper, yeah. Tom Hooper did not select himself. His parents were in country. No. His brother was playing under 20s. I think it was yep. criminally uh, stupid to throw a guy 20, whatever he is, 21 years old. 22, yeah. As Loftus to play mm. blindside. And you're mm. going to say, we're going to make you a tackle machine. We're not going to ever give you anything to do besides that. So mm. he couldn't do any cleaning of rocks. How do you get into a game if you're a young blindsider? You clean rocks. makes you feel like you're... Your body's in motion. You're smashing things. I thought Tom Hooper was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And then I thought, also thought Vunavalu. Look, he doesn't pick himself either. He tried no. to do his best. But that was a lame brain. Kellaway is a fullback wing. Throw yeah. someone who knows how to defeat he was, bombs. Yeah, he was left out of position so many times. And I've actually gone in deep on that, on the positional errors in, in, in the wall of his defence um, in my column on, on Tuesday. But, mate, let's get on to our guest. And with Los Pumas arriving in Australia for what is now a crucial clash against the Wallabies in Parramatta on Saturday night, there really was only one guest we wanted to go back to. The Raw Rugby Podcast. Back to our Buenos Aires studios once again. From there is a very warm welcome to former Argentinian centre turned commentator and forever a friend of the pod, Marcelo Bosch. Welcome back, mate. It's great to see you. Hello, Brett. Good evening over there. Good morning over here. Good afternoon, Harry. How are you guys? <laughs> oh, okay, pal. Hermano. That's, 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 the, that's the best group of time zones that a guest has ever had on the podcast, <laughs> Jello. That's just fantastic. <laughs> Now, it was a rough weekend for Los Pumas as well, as, as it was for the Wallabies, and now they face off. Doesn't this game this weekend suddenly have an extra edge? Yes, it's been really challenging on Saturday. 
Um, after 11 minutes, you are already three tries down. Mm. And it's not only the scoreboard, but it's the intensity and the mentality shown in those 11 minutes that you could see that there were two different teams. And uh, Argentina weren't uh, strong enough for me in what they tried to... How, how can I say it? Where they tried to build the game, which is in the set-piece and defensively. Yeah. And they, and they weren't good enough in both areas. Uh, for example, scrum, you lost uh, four scrums that New Zealand had the ball, Argentina was penalized. Yeah. The one that they weren't, it was a try from the others in the second half. First line out that you have, you lose the ball. And after that, you are running backwards to Reiko Ioane for 50 meters. And after yeah. that, it's a try. Uh, first kicking contest, you don't catch well the ball. They recover the ball. You go play down into your own half. And after that, it's a new try for the Wallabies. Defensively, third try, a miss of communication, a positioning. They come back to the short side. They play really well, of course, if you give them mm. the chances. And they scored the third try. So you could see Argentina that they weren't capable of grabbing the game in any aspect of area of the game. So yeah. very, very challenging. Second half a bit better. But well, surely New Zealand as well, they weren't in the same intensity as the first as the first yeah, half. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to get into a review of, of both games and we start uh, in, in just a second, but we still start in the same place every week, mate, and it's simply a case of what stood out for you on the weekend. What What did you see that you thought, that's actually pretty cool? For me, New Zealand, uh, they you could tell that mentally they were really switched on. Uh, of course, the build-up towards the game was very big here in Argentina because mm. the game was played in Mendoza. Yep. It's the first the first test match played by New Zealand in Mendoza. Uh, I went oh, to yeah. Mendoza on Thursday and you could tell the town was on fire. They were really expecting the clash. And as well Argentina, because last year Argentina did well. They won against Australia once, having a good game. They won in Christchurch. In, in New Zealand, Zealand, yes. Yeah, they won against uh, Scotland twice in June. They won at Twickenham, so people were really looking forward to it because yeah. the team showed good things last year. But it was a surprise for everyone, really. I know that it's still it's like the first game after a break for most of these players because they played in Europe. Yeah, but we didn't see this coming. Yeah, yeah, that's the. That's the thing. And and my thing from the weekend, Harry, was the very similar sobering dose of reality that hit Wallabies fans square between the eyes on Sunday morning. And there was always a fear, I think, that something like that could happen. But it's always, you know, worst case scenario. You're not you know it could happen, but you're not expecting it. You're not you're not waiting for it. And so when it does hit, it's just the worst possible fashion that you find out exactly where your team sits and so that's going to take a little bit of getting over but there's no time to dwell on it because there's another game in five days time or less than that by yeah. the time you're listening to this so yeah the the show must go on what stood out for you apart from copious amounts of brandy in the car park at loftus 
Yeah, so what stood out for me, uh, I guess it was two different things. Oh, and yeah, we're powered by Essex, but I was fueled by Brandy Coke. Um, <laughs> and we, we, we made a pact, we made a pact with my friend. I actually was sitting with a distant cousin of Dwayne Vermeulen, um, and he looked like a cross between Duhan van der Merwe, Aka van der Merwe, and, um, and, uh, and Andre Essehazen, like that kind of yeah. size, but yeah. kind of packaged more into an Aker body. And he literally was scrumming with me. He was scrumming with me during the match for some reason, <laughs> kissing my head for luck. And we were, his wife was giving me a brandy shot as long as I bought the Coke. So I just got about 10 Cokes from downstairs and came up with just did shot, shot, shots. But anyway, so I'm, I'm going to preface all my remarks on that. But to me, if, if Quade Cooper loses the swagger and he just becomes mm. Mr. Cooper, Mm. Then, then it's a problem because that game cried out for a Finn Russell, Quade Cooper, yeah. because the box were always going to score 30. I mean, guess what? It was always going to yeah. be a 30, 35 game because it yeah. was dry, it was quick, it was that's what they scored, Loftus. So it made and, no sense to me that Australia went back into their shell, kicked away a lot of good possession, and on every attack it looked to me that they were, they were not holding it enough. They were saying, we don't want to have possession, but then they would fan out from the ruck Peter Stef yeah. toy would take so many pick and goes. I lost count of how many pick and goes. Marco van yeah. Staden and Rian van Rian Lowe, who was I was unreal. actually, yeah, Rian Lowe, who I went to the game with, had this great yeah. stat. He said, he said, uh, Karevi, Valentini, and Skelton, right? Three big power ball mm. carriers. Eddie Jones been saying power, power. They had 14 runs for 42 meters. Marco van Staden, who might barely get into the 33 for World Cup, eight runs for 43 meters. Something yeah, right. is wrong with that, and that stood out for me. There's something that yeah. they've got to tweak. It's not just player selection. There's something about the Wallaby yeah. setup right now. It's got 60 days to fix. Yeah, well, and they've got less than that to fix this weekend because you can't. If, <laughs> if they turn up in Sydney, if, if they bring that same attitude back to Sydney and and try and play the same game against Argentina on Saturday night, then it's going to end in tears and. Chile, you'll be banking on that, obviously, but it's going to be and it's it's going to be a fascinating contest because so both sides have got so many lessons that they've got to try and turn around in a week, and realistically, there's time to maybe fix three of them. And like Eddie Jones said to us a couple of weeks ago, Harry, you've got to find the three that will fix all the other problems as well. So it's it's going to be a fascinating week, Chile. Yeah, I agree totally. Yes, and uh, I was surprised about Australia kicking a lot of possession, yeah. Uh, yeah. as Harry said. Um, and even I thought that South Africa kicked less than I expected per moment. Mm-hmm. They, they, yeah. they, they, played, they played from deep. And sometimes in other games, you don't see this kind of stuff from South Africa. They are very clinical with their kicking game, applying pressure without the ball to the other team. So I was a bit surprised about the strategy of both teams. Yeah. Uh, most of all, most of all Australia, uh, the possession that they had, kicking and the kicking wasn't that good and, and that accurate. So well, uh, I'm yeah. intrigued of what are they going to do next week. And for Argentina, yeah. Yeah. they need to turn back, go back to the basics of the game. Uh, you can't compete at this level with uh, a set piece that is not regular, that is not efficient uh, from where you can start playing. And defensively, Argentina, you know, we are a proud country. We are very emotional in that sense. And defensively for us, the defense was always like our flag. When we defend well, when we are in the game, 
when we are in the intensity and the contact and we have a good set piece from there we can build on yeah. but those basics yeah. are a must and i believe that argentina are going to try to go uh, back there next weekend yeah uh, to to give confidence to the team uh, yeah. because the other the other day it was very challenging against the All Blacks with the intensity that we played and the decision making around that area. I, I think it was a lack of even communication, composure, mm. uh, lucidity. Uh, it was really challenging and the All Blacks, they applied pressure with ball in hand and they were fantastic. You know, Aaron Smith with his handling, uh, they had time on the ball and when yeah. you give time mm. with ball to the All Blacks, they can really punish you. Yeah. So, yes, I'm intrigued of what is going to happen because both teams, Australia and Argentina, they need to come to come back and to and to perform. Mm. It, it really feels like the it really feels feels like the Pumas were um, really on the back foot. And you mentioned at the top, this is uh, for a lot of a lot of guys. This is their first game in probably two months, maybe even longer. They're coming back from European seasons, whereas a large chunk of that All Black squad played the Super Rugby final and semi-finals at worst. So, you know, a good chunk of that squad was still playing rugby three weeks ago. So, you know, there was a huge advantage there. And it will be fascinating. Michael Checker brought in a squad of 48. So he was having to cast the net fairly wide to have a look at who's around, what sort of shape are they in, who's going to fit the game plan, what do we need to do against New Zealand then against Australia. And, and it will be interesting to see what sort of squad arrives in Australia this week, Harry, and 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 what yeah. sort of lessons they've learned for, for, for Saturday night. No, and I, I thought it showed up, and Cello will probably bear me out here on, on the benefit, the benefit, um, the benefits of having experience is communication. In a, yes. in a when something goes wrong in a test match, how do you fix it in the match? You have to have someone like Bowden Barrett from the back. He's screaming at people, shouting at people. Willie LaRue was doing the same thing to his young yeah. wings, 20-year-old 20, 20 Moody, but he was talking. And at the, at the match, you can actually see some things that the TV doesn't show you. I was watching Willie, I was watching Tom Wright. Big difference. Bofelli is really, to me, a wing playing fullback still. And when he's trying to yeah. have Cancellari and uh, the other Carreras move around, I keep wondering, is that the right position? Because he's kind of a quiet player. Good, I love that. I mean, yeah. Bofelli is yeah. a world-class player. But then you have Santiago Carreras at 10, and I think he's a 15. And so it's the scramble yeah. there. Um, yeah. and, and so the, to me, it was disorganized, disorganized. The loose forwards were the best thing about the Pumas in 2022, right? Hard yes, trio. Absolutely. This match, this match, you had Bruni, Gonzalez, and um, I forget the other guy who, to me, Matera. I'm oh, Matera, sorry. Matera, yeah, but yeah. you had Bruni, Br Bruni and Gonzalez, and they were playing a little bit too loose. And so it didn't work right. Uh, and the final thing I would say about that is the props were the big problem in 2022. They look like still the problem. And so uh, you have a very interesting matchup of the Wallabies props who also suffered against the Pumas props who suffered. Like who's, yeah. which props are worse? <laughs> yeah, that's that's an interesting question. I, and and I, I like it. I like yes, it. I actually like it. I agree totally. back three too, because um, you could see that in, in and, and I wrote about it last week. Wright and Corabetti have played together, but Vunavalu hasn't. And the three of them looked completely disconnected across the back three. And it was a similar situation, wasn't it, Cello, in your in, in your back three? Totally agree with Harry. I believe that Bofeli he showed a lot of good things last year, uh, playing winger. 
because he's great uh, when he goes uh, up in the air. He's good in the kicking game. He has a lot of experience in the sense of the positioning and defensively and how to help the pendulum with Malia. I believe nowadays for Argentina, Malia, that he plays for Toulouse, he played last year as a fullback. He's so important, not only for the organization in the backfield, but as well uh, for the vision of the game. He released pressure of uh, in Carreras because he has a lot of vision of the game. He yeah. goes as a second receiver a lot. He organizes the forwards when they're in the middle of the park. So without having him uh, in the field on Saturday, I believe that Argentina loses a man that has a vision of the game that is very, very good yeah. for the for the team, as we could see last year. And uh, Carreras, uh, saying this, Carreras now, nowadays without Malia, he's kind of in charge of everything. He needs to be in charge of the attack, in charge of his kicking game, the strategy, decision-making. And I believe that he's a player that he needs a certain freedom because when he mm. has freedom and time with ball, he's one of the most dangerous players yeah. that you can face uh, because he's, he's very quick. He's his pace. Mm. He's a good player. But at the jersey number 10, when he needs to lead the team, and you need to lead the team in a way that suddenly you don't have a speed of ball and you need to, and the team relies on your decisions. There is kind of where you, where you don't see the best out of this player. So yeah. I believe nowadays in the backfield is very important Malia. I would say Buffet for me is the winger. And at, at the same time, I reflect on the decision making of Cynthia as a number 12 the other day. They gave them. They gave him the chance as uh, as first center. He's a very good player, but he's been playing thirteen and winger. Yeah, so imagine right. for him, very challenging yeah. to play 12 first uh, game in that position against this team of the Oblacks against mm. Jordi Barrett that he was exceptional. Mm. So I believe that yes, you can uh, have a conversation towards that and towards the prop as well. You give the opportunity to Sordoni, and he suffered in the scrum. So surely now you will see next week either Sclavi, that he plays for La Rochelle, or Gomez Codela. They are props with more experience. Mm. I see some changes towards next weekend because Argentina, despite that we are preparing still the World Cup, you still need to perform now with yes. the rugby championship if you want to arrive to that World Cup with confidence. So well, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, and well, part of that is that. And everyone's in the same boat. There's only a handful of games. Yes, yeah. Well, there's yes. only three games in the rugby in the rugby championship. Then there's there's one extra game. You, you play an extra yeah. game against the box. So there's only four games in the Southern Hemisphere before everyone heads north. And so it's not a lot of time. It's it's it is actually going to be fascinating to see what impact the results on the weekend have Harry around selections this week. Yeah. And, and I, no, say that, I say that for all four teams because yeah. the coaches have got to take that balance now between do we, do we tweak what we need to tweak from last week? Do we try what we need to try that we didn't try last week? Do we keep momentum going? Do we find momentum and get building? Like it's, 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 it's a fine line. You, you can change from this week to next week very easily, but from the next week, it becomes very difficult because now yeah. you're now you're getting really close and you're chopping and changing too much. So I would say, for example, fitness can get better for a team 
the Wallabies did not look as fit as the Springboks. Yeah. You can change that. However, personnel becomes a difficulty because what, like, who is the blind side? Who is the big bouncer? You know, and yeah. who is that person? You have to settle on somebody. You cannot just keep throwing different guys into the mix. Yeah. So to me, you know, Dwayne Vermeulen made a big, a big bid this weekend to say, no, you can still put me in the 33. I might not start. Jasper Visa might be the number one. Andre Essayson said, you can put me in the mix. I'm number. Yeah. I'm in the 33. And Marty Lebock did. Marco van Staven's got a tough road, even though he was maybe the man of the match. He was great. But he was so many. Probably the best on field. Too, yeah, the box are two deep in every position, three deep at nine, and they're four deep and lose forward. So that's the tough one, right? Yeah. Uh, to me, the Wallabies, what I saw, the Wallabies was that Carter Gordon said, I belong in Test Rugby. I mean, we're looking yeah. for some good things now. Carter Gordon said, I belong. He got folded by somebody. I think it was Marco van Staven. And then he got right back up and made the yeah. break that caused the try. And the other one that I thought was pretty good was, well, I mean, Marika Corabetti just said, you know, I'm back. But yes. I do think there were some, there were good moments. Some of the, I think the locks played okay. Yeah. I, I don't think that the, the, yeah. So I think you're looking at this the whole time and saying, what can we change? You don't change that much in the pack uh, for the Wallabies. Well, yeah, but I don't think you can afford to make too many changes. And and, no. and I don't know I don't know how many is too many this week. I don't know how many is too many after a loss like that. And it'll be the same situation, Cello, for, for well, Los Pumas. Yeah. Like you, the the exactly. temptation would be to, to make 10 or a dozen changes, but you can't just go into a new game, you know, with 13 different players in your starting side. You can't you can't do that now. Not three not three games out from a rugby world cup. Totally, and most of all, when you come from a game that you didn't perform, so you need now to perform. Is now the time to build confidence in the team, despite that mm -hmm. you are uh, giving opportunities to players. You need to start to make some combinations that you think that they would be suitable yeah. for the World Cup, and you need to give them some game time as well. So it's a fine balance, as you just mentioned. It's very tough because. You need to give confidence to players, but at the same time, you want to give up opportunities to others. Yeah. But now, after the game that you just had last weekend, you need to put in the field what you believe that they will perform in a way. Mm. So, for for me, when I see the back the back row, Matera now played as um, he didn't play number eight. Bruni did, and Bruni yeah. was for me was the best forward. Uh, on Saturday, so now he raised his hand. Hey, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't, and we don't have Kremer. Kremer for me, he's a must in the World Cup. He's one of the best uh, forwards and in, in the in the area of contact that we have. So now, how how do you manage for next week? You take a Bruni and, and you and you try another one, or you build his momentum up. Mm. And, it, uh, and and it's the same with other players. Uh, is, is it the right time to give other opportunities to other wingers or you go back to Buffelli, you put, uh, how can I say, uh, what, uh, Carreras but Mateo and you put Malia uh, as a fullback and you give them time now, now and you believe that they are the three that will start the World Cup. It's yeah. a fine balance and you need to perform Hello. now. It's after, the, after, yeah. after Australia, Argentina will face twice South Africa. True. You need to arrive to those games with confidence, mm. not uh, not performing once again, now against Australia over there, against a team that they, they are not as well in the best moment. Both teams need to react, so it's going to be really 
really, yeah. uh, how can I say it? It's going to be awesome to see how both teams react. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good Cello, is, uh, is Marcus Kramer on a ban? Was he, was he banned for, for an act? Okay. Yes, it was in the semi-final of the semi-final or the barrage. You know the barrage in top yeah. 14? Uh, uh, yes. Yes. They got, got a, a red, red card. Red card? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was a pretty five weeks ban. Yes, fairly obvious. He red won't card play the rugby championship. Yeah, yeah. He got one against Scotland last year in the last test match in November, and now he got another one. So hopefully he will learn from this yeah. because in a World Cup is mm. is uh, it, it could be really how can I say it? It could be a a nightmare for him and for the team. He needs to find Thomas Lavanini's lawyer. Got him off the same charge every year on record. I don't know how he did it. It was, it was fascinating. Yes. He was the only bloke I know who can be charged and red carded for the same offence and then still go to the judiciary and the judiciary say because of his clean record. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never understood that, but he managed to pull it off. So full, full power to him. Rugby on the roar. Kick chase can always be uh, fixed, uh, Cello and Brett. Both of you watched your games and didn't see your team's chase very well. Rian Lowe gave us a great stat that it was the ninth bomb of the game in Pretoria before there was a kick contested by the Wallabies. Yeah. So nine Wallaby kicks put up in the thin air and only the ninth one was contested. 32 minutes into the match. That will give a team like South Africa so much confidence. Um, mm. You know, they were just, they were counting the seconds before the ball end and then launching counterattacks. How do you fix that, Brett? Do you think that that's a personnel issue or a scheme? And then, Mar and then, Cello on the on the flip side, when you face the Wallabies, is there a plan to counterattack using that if they do it again? Mm. Well, I don't think it needs to be a, a I don't think it necessarily needs to be a personnel thing. I think it probably will be a personnel thing, but I don't think it necessarily needs to because I'm I was I'm not surprised that, that Nick White did a lot of box kicking, but I am surprised sure. that yeah. the Wallabies played and did almost all of their kicking off nine. They didn't use Cooper. They didn't use Reese Hodge, who has, as we keep being told, one of the longest boots in world rugby. Didn't use him much in general play. And that surprised me. So maybe it's just a tweak of where the kicks are coming from rather than mm. just locking, knocking them up from, a, from the back of a ruck because you're there. But certainly there needs to be more awareness of what's coming and what's being chased and where those kicks are being placed. Because I made the same observation. There must have... that. The Wallabies kicked 30-odd times, and I'd reckon it was only a handful that were actually genuinely contestable. So they either kicked mm. them too far, or the chase wasn't good enough, or they kicked to the wrong spots or whatever. So yeah. that's like that's still a that's still a tweak that you can make on the training track this week, I think. Rich Hodge, he didn't kick twice two bombs from nowhere without any structure. That's why no yeah. one could contest. Yeah, and it led to this very lopsided stat of the box had 156 runs, the Wallabies had 64. The box only had to make 60 tackles. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah, yes. That shows something. Yeah, and the Wallabies carried 60-odd times, but passed 105 or 115 times or something. So there was almost two passes for every carry, and then every second carry ended in a kick. And to put texture on that, I said some 57, some said 63, so I said about 60. About yeah. 10 of those were in the first five minutes. 
And yep. uh, literally the Wallabies, you know, were going hell for leather. There was a chaotic play where the box stole line which can be a mixed blessing. You steal a line out because it's scrappy. Yeah. And it led to the Korabeti try. But so then you look at garbage time another 20 tackles by the box. That means for the meat of the match, 30 tackles, that's not good enough. Surely Eddie Jones will tweak this, I don't want possession uh, against the Pumas and say, let's make the Pumas tacklers, no? They'll, they'll have to. They've got to. The, the Wallabies only set 30-odd rucks on the weekend in wow. 80 minutes. Yeah. Like, it was it was 37 or 8 or something like that. But, like, it's I, – I don't, I don't think I can ever recall a ruck count so low in any game. Like, that, that's – I've never, that's I've never heard of that in Test Rugby. Yeah. No, 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 no. So – So you, you guys think that they will keep more possession next Saturday? They have – they. So, so Chelo, I think they have to because possession and territory is symbiotic, and you cannot say, "I want a lot of territory, but I don't have, but I don't want any possession." It's not like league, and maybe league defense players, defense coaches for Eddie are telling him that you can do this, but you cannot because there's going to be rock monkeys Mm. coming and steal your ball, and you lose the ball, and then you're going to be off the races. So you cannot play that way. Yeah. So the Wallabies, and as as well, I believe, I believe that the Wallabies and even Eddie Jones. They will not only need to keep possession, but it's a way of playing. Australia plays with possession most of all. Yes. It's not South Africa that you play off the ball. You try to apply pressure with your defense, with your set piece. And from there, you can get a penalty. You go to the corner, uh, mauling, driving. It's yeah. a different style of game. I think Australia, I don't know, if you see them in the last years, they always... Uh, uh, they are a team with possession. They try to apply possession with long passes, the quality of the players that they have. So I believe that, yes, they need to keep more possession. I was surprised when I watched mm. the game, most of the first half. I, I don't think there'll be... Like, I don't think there's an issue with the amount of kicking, but the amount of kicking the, needs yeah. to be backed up by decent kick chase. And the kicks And the kicks need yes. to be contestable and they need to be in the right place and they need to be from the right place because... The box spent, I don't know, 50-odd percent of the game in the Wallaby half and about 30% of it in the Wallaby 22. And so if the Wallabies are yep. always clearing out from inside their 22, then of course the box are going to play inside their half because they only have to take run five metres and they're inside the Australian half. So it's about where you're kicking from as well to create those contestables yeah. and all that. And so that's the little tweaks that I mean. And so, again, that's why I say... It was surprising that Cooper and Hodge didn't kick as much. And yeah, you know, even Tom Wright at the back has got a decent kick. You have Corevete, uh, or you have, for example, Kellaway, if he plays back now yeah. next Saturday, yeah. you have two players that they really can contest box kicking yeah. from number nine. So exactly. I believe I believe that that's something about the communication, the organization of the chase. I, I yeah. really don't know. You have to go deep down over there, but it's something that you can really improve from one week to another one. Yeah, for sure. This is really fascinating because Cheka and Jones are both really good adjustment coaches. They've always yes. been good at, like, okay, that didn't work. So I cannot under plan B. And so that's happens. exactly yeah. what I want to, want to actually ask. Do, do you think, Cello, that, that Michael Cheka will use this game in Sydney this weekend to experiment with the Puma side as much as Eddie Jones almost certainly will now? I don't know. I think that we need to go back to the basics. When the basics Mm. of the game aren't strong enough, uh, what do you want to do elsewhere? Uh, You need the basics 
I don't know, more, more for Argentina, if we don't have a good scrum, uh, if we don't, if we are not good in the line out, uh, we yeah. are not defend, defending well. What else want, you want to do? You want to try? Yeah, we couldn't. What well, in attack? We, we've seen some good movements per moment of Argentina. You you see players moving, and uh, there's some interesting things. But when you play with an intensity that is not the one that you need for a test match against the Oblacks, when you are not present in the contact, when yeah. you are defensively. Uh, deciding poorly, not uh, massive communication. The scrum is not good enough. I, I believe that Argentina has to go first of all back there, and afterwards, yes, yeah. I believe that that if, if if you do that well on Saturday, the players will start to have more confidence to try yes. good things and to try things that they are training and what they are capable of. But I don't know if it's now the moment of trying new things. Because mm. the basics of the game weren't good enough on Saturday. Yeah. Eddie, we, we spoke to Eddie Jones a couple of weeks ago and he made a really interesting observation about Argentina. He said that since the Haguadas played Super Rugby, Argentina has lost their set-piece um, platform of their game. And, and now with players coming in from around the world and they're not playing together in, in the, in the Haguadas team all the time, set piece has fallen apart. And for a team like Argentina, whose whole rugby history is based on set piece and scrum in particular, um, and passion, absolutely, it's it's a really interesting observation that he's made from from afar that, that those couple of years in Super Rugby might have actually worked against the national side. Yeah. Totally. Um, I believe that the scrum was better at the end of last year. Uh, we have uh, a proper Sclavi that he did really well. He had a great season with La Rochelle, Gallo. He's young, but he's a very interesting project and he's doing really well. Yeah. Gomez Codela, uh, he has experience. Um, but yes, I agree totally with what you say. And even psychologically, imagine yourself as a number 10 or even in the back line, defending against a scrum that is always going forward. I'm, I'm yeah. thinking about New Zealand. You're always in the back foot, always yeah. in the back foot, defending, and you're in the back foot when you have to attack. So yeah. you start you start defending from the from the scrum. You start defending yeah. from the line from the line out. It's there when you start defending and being present in the first yeah. contact. And if there is always in the back foot, it's very challenging and difficult yeah. after that. And most of all against a team of the Oblacks that they were on fire last Saturday. Mm the precision of the passes, uh, Aaron Smith uh, with long passes that they could he could cover three or four defenders. So it was very challenging off the ball as well. I, I believe that mm. Argentina were, were a bit heavy. So for me, yes, and even psychologically for, for the props, for the forwards, you know, the battle up front, I don't know much yeah. about that battle, but the psychology that brings either positive or negative from that, yeah. It's massive. Yeah, and it when you are always in the back foot, uh, it's always going to be really challenging afterwards mm. throughout the game. It's yeah. awfully hard to defend when you're already doing this, isn't it? When you're, when you're, when you're yeah. going backwards. What's, uh, we, need, we need to get onto um, the, the, the ABs in the box in Auckland. But, but Cello, what, what's one thing that the Pumas need to get right this weekend? As I mentioned, set piece. Yeah. Massive. 
for me is set piece and defense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Harry, Harry, same same question for you. What what are the Wallabies got to get right? Yeah, so I think I think the the selection has got to improve. Uh, the midfield has ha- has to be a little bit of a different uh, proposition. I think Karevi yeah. has to start. Uh, yeah. When you look at the the, the Pumas midfield with um, Moroni and Sinti. That's a weakness right there. I mean, uh, Rico Awani looked like his best 13 ever and Jordi Barrett had his best 12 ever. So that's opportunity. And then the second thing is the lineouts for both teams were, for all four teams, really kind of a scramble. That's normal in the first game of the season. So I would say some of that is chalked up to uh, early early season. But whoever can get their lineout right in Sydney, I would think is going to be in the driver's seat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All Blacks host the Springboks in Auckland. Um, before uh, before Australia and Argentina, in fact, on, on Saturday evening. Um, not at Eden Park. That's out with uh, in Women's World Cup soccer action. So it's at Mount Smart Stadium where Moana Pacifica and the Warriors play, NRL. Um, how does this game play out this weekend? It's, it's the game that's been, I think, anticipated since the end of Super Rugby, probably since the end of the URC, when it was always known that Nibinar was going to send... A plane load of, of, of teams forward to New Zealand. Um, this game has been coming for a few weeks, Harry. So what can we expect? How does it play out? I'll tell you what you're not going to see. You're not going to see Marco van Staden flipping at the Bongi on Benambi to a currently Orange on the blind side and running free and scoring untouched. What, that's if not, they do, that's not going to happen. If yeah. they do, holy moly. So you're yeah. going to have a different cast of characters. There's going to be some holding back of tactics, but it's going to be a proper match, yeah. a smash up. I would think both uh, Foster and Ninaba are going to be looking very closely at the set pieces as well to echo uh, Cello again. I think set pieces are going to be, you know, these building blocks for World Cup. Um, I would look at a couple more fringe players. Um, I don't know. I don't know exactly if they got nailed down, for example, on hooker, the third hooker, which I think most teams take three hookers yeah. to the World Cup. Um, they want to see a little bit better from Dueba. So I may not be surprised to see him again, even though he's really tough on lineup throws. He's actually good in the loose. And, uh, and I think for, for the All Blacks are going to want to see their scrum against the best scrum measurement team, which is the box, mm. you know, to see how, how... And I think Tamai, Tamai T. Williams might get a run there. Um, I didn't. I thought the starting props, the Hurt and um, the Lomax were good, but I think maybe yeah. there's a little bit of a drop-off there. So I think that yeah. they're looking for their second and third string uh, on a few. Josh Lord yeah. might, you know, might be someone you want to test against the Buck Locks too. Does do you um, see do you see any changes towards the game, Harry or Brett? Perhaps the Locks. I, I, it's incredible the depth of both teams. Yeah, it is. In New Zealand, it you is. have Retallick and Wider that they didn't play. And, and in South Africa, you have uh, a that's a word, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, 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 I yeah. would, I would be, I would be stunned if we don't see those four play and starting. Yeah. I'd, I'd be absolutely stunned if they don't play. Do you think, Harry, that Franz Melherber backs up and starts again this week? No, I think, I think they wrote him. I think they saw exactly what they wanted to do from France. Plus, he yeah. lost about five kilograms. He looked really good. He was his cleanouts were sickening. In the in the stadium, you could hear Franz Malherber's cleanouts, as you could also oh. hear Marco van Staden's hits. They were sick. Yeah. Um, but I I think you know there's plenty of prop depth there. What I yeah. think would you will you'll see Eben Etzebeth will probably captain the box, and he probably will only play forty minutes exactly, and then there'll be a second captain for the for the second half. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. What did you see from the from the ABs, uh, Cello, that you thought? 
that's going to hold them in good stead for South Africa the following week. Scrum. Yeah. But now, now it's a different level, I, I believe, another test in that area. Um, I really like the combination uh, of Jordi Barrett and Reiko Ioane. I believe mm -hmm. that Argentina weren't good enough, of course, and they gave them a lot of freedom and a lot of space. And you know them with the quality that they have. Uh, they could be really dangerous. But South Africa, we know that they defend in a different way. They rush, they go off the ball, they try to suffocate you, they try to take you time of decision-making. So it's going to be a different contest for them, yeah. for sure. I like uh, uh, Mackenzie. I believe that he really he played really well with, with ball in hand. But I believe that Moonga perhaps will start uh, yeah. next yeah. Saturday. We'll see. But he, but, but he missed three. He missed four out of seven kicks, which I think is a worry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. most of all, the first two conversions, they were yeah. very doable for a, for a player with this quality. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, he left uh, some points behind. And uh, I don't know if uh, with Jordan will play. Uh, I, I really don't know. Bowden Barrett, he played a good game. But when Argentina was poor, was poor, they gave them yeah. a lot of space. They weren't good enough defensively. They didn't apply the pressure that I believe South Africa will apply. Hmm. So it's going to be fascinating. It will be. Who Harry plays uh, 10, 12, 13 for the box? So Andre Pollard is still being mothballed. He could actually play if this is really precautionary. Yeah. So, but they want to they want to see who the third or the backup. So right now, Damian Willemson plays basically the idea of the backup ten, but also possible starter fifteen, but also twenty three. Believe yeah. Leroux is also twenty three or starter fifteen, depending on the yeah. horses for courses. But there's a possibility here that Manny Lebok, who was a proper ten, would be the understudy ten in lieu of. The, uh, Elton Yankees, for example, and then yeah. he gets on the plane. So I think Mani might get another shake uh, yeah, again. Right. The other option would be Damian Willemso, who does like playing against the All Blacks and really yeah. enjoys that rough and tumble, and he's a good counterattack guy. And counterattack will be the key in this in this match, I think. Uh, yeah. I was actually really interested to see um, how well uh, Sam Kane played. I think he needed a good game. Uh, mm. I think he stated, stated his case to say, "I am the All Black captain going to the World Cup." Yeah, yeah, he was. It was pretty. It was pretty solid, wasn't he? Cello, we uh, we should let you go, but we've. I've got to ask you one question. We've been talking about World Cup jerseys. We had proper jersey chat last week. We got. We spent way too much talking about jerseys, way too frenetically and for, forensically, and and we loved it, and everyone loved it, which was great. So I wanted to ask you. Los Pumas World Cup jersey is just always great. It is always one of the best jerseys out there. What does it mean to you as a as an old Puma now, if I can say it that way, when of you course, see a yeah. new when you see a new one launched and everyone just loves it? Uh, yes, I, I really like it. Uh, you know, we had uh, two weeks ago a ceremony towards the second uh, kit that we have. And I believe that, uh, I don't know if it's Samoa or Japan that Argentina are going to use. It's a bit strange because uh, it's a shirt that you, you have a, yeah, a white... Diag diagonal sash, yeah. 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 Which at, the, at the beginning, I thought, mm, I, I don't know what, what this means, but well, it's because... Uh, of uh, of the history that we have in yes. the country, 
Yeah. And when you apply the history to the short, I there's where you can start to like it a bit more. Yeah. But well, for yeah. me, is the is is always the the one that we always use the, the horizontal, the classic uh, hoops. white and, and light uh, blue that Beautiful. we like. Yes. So I believe there's a lot of nice shirts though. Eh? So oh yeah. The one of South Africa. Uh, the one good. of Australia, I like it a yep. lot as well. Yeah, the new Fijian one, which we're going to talk about in a minute, Harry, is absolutely Brilliant. magnificent. So, yeah, we've, yeah. Look, we love we love a bit of Jersey chat here. We'll get into it at every possible opportunity. But, mate, it has been absolutely fantastic to have you back on the pod. It's been great to get the Argentinian insights because we do miss them now. Now that now that the Hagawadas aren't part of Super Rugby and, and we don't get that sort of insight week to week now and Argentina come back into the Rugby Championship and all of a sudden we're going... Who's this guy play for? And what's he been doing? And we're, we've sort of got a cram now for Lost yes, Pumas Test. Yes. So it's great to have you back on, mate. Thanks so much for spending some time with us uh, this week. It's been a pleasure. Thanks as always. Have a good week and we'll see what happens on Saturday. The Roar. Mate, fantastic to have uh, Marcelo Bosch back on the pod. Uh, we loved talking to him last year. Loved talking to him again. Uh, just great insights. Such a nice guy. One of the genuine nice guys in rugby. Uh, also, yeah. this match shapes up as a really intriguing uh, fix, does. you know? What I do you fix? What do you don't fix? Yeah. I can't wait to get up there on Saturday. I cannot wait to get... Mm. And I think I said to you last week, this will be the first test I've watched live in five years, and I just I just can't wait to see this game live. It's going to be fascinating. Major League Rugby wrapped up their championship win final on the weekend. Uh, New England Free Jacks with a late try beat San Diego 25-24, and it was a Ma Nonu defensive mistake that allowed was, the last try it was like a rebirth of the tri-nations you had nonu you had portovan and you had larue playing <laughs> yeah true 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 so milan, uh, milan larue scored the winning try did. and i think the yeah. son of simon portovan was playing for correct one of the two for san diego yeah, yeah. and uh yeah. yes we've touched on we've touched on um san diego before uh this year in fact they at one point they had Finn Kearns and Alex Horan playing for them. So sons of sons of the pod, we called it. Remember, yeah, that's right. Uh, the the Wallaroos got their Pack Four campaign back on track. Uh, had a fifty eight seventeen win over the USA in Ottawa in, in Canada um, last weekend. They play Canada this week, and they win that. They should go through to uh, the World XV tournament later this year in in uh, in. New Zealand is the Junior Wallabies beat the Baby Blacks 44-35 in Cape Town as part of the Under 20s World Championships in South Africa. There's playoff games this week. Is it Ireland and France playing the final? Have I got that right? I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, so uh, fascinating to see how that goes. And look, anytime the Junior Wallabies get one under New Zealand those tournaments, so they're playing for more than than just you know the score sheet. Uh, unbelievably brave kids. These boys have lost people. And it's been uh, inspiring. Yeah, yeah, it's been been a great tournament. It's just good to see it back. We we it wasn't played for so many years, of course, through through COVID. Yeah. A little bit of news made over the last seven days, uh, as always. Former Brumbies Rebels London Irish scrum half Joe Powell has found a new home. He is joining Leicester Tigers, uh, ex Brumbies coach and friend of the pod Dan McKellar. That's now I think number four ex well ex Brumbies. He's now dragged into. Welford Road, um, so well played to them. We've mentioned Nike's new Springboks jersey for the World Cup. We saw it on the weekend. Just looks absolutely magnificent. Um, absolutely looks, absolutely love it. 
Nike also released the Flying Fijians World Cup strip uh, over the weekend, uh, white with um, you know, sort of black fine markings under the sleeve. Looks absolutely fantastic. But their chain strip, Harry, you really like, don't you? The the black with the 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 red. Uh, it's oh, it's sort of a it's not a fire motif. It's um, uh, is it a, is it like Fijian traditional motif? Is it? Yeah, I think it's drawn from tradition, but I'm telling you, the jerseys this World Cup are shaping up to be one of the best ever. Yeah, absolutely. Scotland released theirs only a few hours before we recorded this, and it's got it, like it's 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 navy blue. It's a Scotland jersey, but it's got great elements of t- traditional tartan to it, and it looks I absolutely love that one as well. So, whew, I'm glad I'm not buying World Cup jerseys because that's going to be that would send you broke uh, at at the moment. Uh, the Bulls are now my new favourite South African team. They announced last Wednesday that they'd signed the great Vili Spiders LaRue <laughs> for the next three seasons. He'll suit up at Loftus uh, once his Springbok campaign uh, is done. He'd been tearing it up in Japan for Toyota for Blitz, of course. Uh, Luke Cowan Dickey, the uh, the England internationals, set to be unveiled as a Sale Sharks player. Um, he's passed the medical over there, but he had previously agreed to terms with Montpellier, but a but the night before his medical in France, back in April, he was tossed into the drunk tank after being detained by the uh, the local the local establishment. It seems he was um, had a, had a big night the night before the medical. That's not smart, is it? I'm not going to say anything on the story. <laughs> <laughs> you know too much. Uh, Alan Wynne Jones is signed with Toulon as a medical joker through the World Cup. The 37 year old showing that he's not quite done in rugby yet. And Toulon were also mentioned last week as a possible destination for Noah Lolisio through the Rugby World Cup as well. Mm. So their budget knows no ends, not unlike your travel, Matt. Um, Moana Pasifika has appointed Faalongo Tanaumanga as their new head coach on a three-year contract from 2024, replacing uh, Aaron Major. He actually coached Moana's first game. Uh, their debut mm. game against the Maori All Blacks back in 2020. So that's um, a nice full circle. And he had been involved in, in Moana the last few years, I think, from memory. Good man. Yeah, good man. And good good appointment, I think, for Moana as well. Yeah. Uh, Pone, Farmacilli and Blake Shop have been added to the Wallabies test, the squad for the Argentina test. Blake Shop was actually flown to South Africa last week. He was shadow for uh, for James Slipper. But uh, they've both should been... Have he should have played, yeah, actually. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So he will come into the squad. I actually caught him the week before in a club game here in Canberra. So uh, the week <laughs> the weekend before, and he's in good nick. So uh, Taniela Tupo has been released to the Australia A squad for their game against Tonga on July 24. Um, and last bit of news, mate. Uh, All Black captain Sam Kane has uh, says he regrets his split second decision to kick out at a teenage pitch invader in Mendoza on the weekend. Um, Felt he ended the matter with the young man later. He, he he didn't expect to face any further sanction from Sansa, who were reviewing the moment. And I don't expect that there will be any further action from the foul play review committee because, mate, he uh, apologised at the first available opportunity. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Don't invade the pitch. I mean, if you do invade the no. pitch, then be ready to fight somebody. Be ready to be kicked in the shins. Yeah, exactly right. But, mate, that is us done for episode 70 of the Raw Rugby Podcast, powered by ASICS. Don't forget Harry and I are both on the socials, and that now includes uh, Instagram and threads as well. I think we're both on that now. You've got to add a nine to my BMC Sport handle on both those. Um, ratings and reviews, if you can, if your pod platform allows it, please leave one. We will read them out, and the reviews keep 
and the ratings keep flowing in as they do. Please also like, follow, subscribe on your pod platform as well and make sure that you get every new episode as it goes live, particularly now that we're doing instant reactions after each game as well. It's the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay and Harry Jones, every week on theraw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home of all your favourite international rugby analysis, opinions and conversations. Don't forget to check out the Raw's greatest ever Wallabies Rugby World Cup 15 on the site. All thanks to ASICS, the official performance apparel and footwear partner of the Wallabies. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in your ears on Saturday night with the instant reaction to the Wallabies v Argentina in Sydney. The first time I've been let out of my office in podcast history. <laughs>